Hello, this is Catherine. Welcome to Friendly Anarchism. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Um, I guess, yeah. Hi, I'm Sung. <laughs> All right, and Sung, I have you on because you have this fantastic blog. Um, do you want to talk about it a little bit? Like, what, what do you write and why do you have the blog? Yeah, uh, well, heysungfrancis.com. So it's just like my name. Um, and it is kind of just like, I honestly, I first started it because I was fundraising and I was doing the Quaker voluntary service. Nice. Uh, uh, yeah, I did a fellowship with them and I needed to make money. So I just kind of did updates on where I was at and what, what was happening. And then it became like a blog about like kind of me reflecting on what Quakerism means to me and my experiences with Quakerism and then it just you know now it's like a lot of spiritual slash political reflections and kind of like I guess what I would see as like prophetic words you know not to like say I'm a prophet or anything but like things I feel like a society of friends and and the church kind of needs to hear and, mm-hmm. and some things I feel like are kind of spirit are is putting on my heart so mm-hmm. yeah I love that I love the radical honesty of your blog you know it's hard to put that out there you know there's a lot of um pushback you know like I've mm-hmm. definitely had a little bit of problems my my meeting um is pretty good and there's some mm-hmm. really loving and wonderful people but there's definitely some pushback from sort of the liberal sect against anything more radical and I've heard it's even sort of worse on the East Coast, right? It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that for a fact, yep. <laughs> if you're in Philadelphia? I am in Philadelphia, yeah. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia, you're meeting territory. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's like one of the oldest, most well-established Quaker meetings, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. It is. There's, it's rich and full of Quaker history here. Like, right. there's, like, Hicks Street and stuff. Like, you just see all these different, like, Quaker landmarks all over the place. I mean, like, William Penn, there's a huge statue of him on top of our city hall. So. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Quaker country. But, mm-hmm. like, not really, because, like, everyone's like, oh, wait, you're Quaker? Those exist still? So, like, yeah, yeah <laughs> that's still an issue here. <laughs> even even in Philadelphia. Even in Philadelphia, yeah. yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, but, I mean, with that sort of embedded culture comes problematic stuff right i mean because it's like because it's so old and it has so much tradition sometimes that tradition can become dogmatic and there is a lot of problematic stuff from the quaker church i we had another um i had another podcast episode with jane um Uh who's awesome and um she was saying she was talking about all this problematic kind of capitalist stuff too and there's also some real racist undertones like all of those churches and were were basically built with slave money weren't they do you know about that yeah, yeah. yes yes yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, wait, um yeah i mean i think it's like also like going to the capital thing there is this like notion like i mean i think at earlham even uh, at this like there's like this um some kind of program about like ethical capitalism or something and like that's definitely like an idea that people have um and they always cite like the second generation of like quakers who had like who are all like business people and had like good business practices and like say like look we can do this and it could be ethical even Mm -hmm. though like like not really but (laughs) that's cool you think that (laughs) i feel like maybe for a second like they're kind of like community credit unions but then like any kind of like system like that inevitably became corrupt you know what i mean yeah yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. i mean it's it's always tangled up with i mean it's capitalism so (laughs) (laughs) 
one of the things I like about your blog, and one of the things you talk about a lot in your blog, is your sort of, um, I don't know, difficult or rich, complicated relationship with the Quakerism. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, like, I still, like, there is something in me that still for some reason says, like, like, it identifies so much with, like, the experiences of early friends that I, I still feel like a, like, what Quakers say, like, a convinced friend. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I don't know why I can't let go of that. Like, not yet, at least. <laughs> like, something in me feels like that's what I am. Mm-hmm. But, yes, I definitely, like, it, like institutional Quakerism is just something I don't feel called to kind of really... Yeah. Deal with. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, I think there was a meme going around for a second. I think I got it from you, actually, that said, make Quakers militant again. Uh-huh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree. Yeah. I totally agree. Like, when, when we look at the Bible, when we look at Jesus, when we actually read what he's saying, just straight up, without any of this, like, institutionalized bullshit, he uh-huh. was militant as hell, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, also, like, the whole, he was saying that, like, like, empire is false authority, like, the whole idea that, um, like, you know, when he says, like, render unto Caesar what Caesar is, render unto God what God's, like, nothing belongs to Caesar, that's, like, the point, like, like, it's, like, it's, like, a call to revolution, like, bring it all back to God's kingdom, like, our kingdom, you know, so, like, yeah, 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 for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. And, like, I've noticed in sort of liberal or progressive, quote-unquote, Christianity, there's this tendency to be, like, look at the New Testament and not... Even if we're understanding Jesus as man and understanding that that means he has this character development as a human and has all those human, um, you know, characteristics of moving through life and learning, people just concentrate fully on the very beginning and then the very end. It's like, nice Jesus, nice uh-huh. Jesus, flip, 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 dead Jesus, you know? And it's like, let's yeah. like, back the fuck up for a second. There's this whole uh-huh. intermediary section in there that we can't just ignore out of the New Testament about when he's, like, flipping tables and shit, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, like, the frustrating thing with, like, progressive Christian circles in general is just, like, this, like, I mean... I always go back to this, and I think a lot of us, like, Christian anarchists who are, like, you know, revolutionary kind of, like, Christians kind of always go back to this because it's, like, a topic that always comes up. But just, like, the black and white definition of what violence is Mm -hmm, and, like, what mm -hmm. that means and just, Mm -hmm. like, how, like, tightly they hold on to that at the expense of, like people like right. at the expense of people's well-being right. um it's really disturbing it like it just doesn't it seems like to lack empathy and it genuinely kind of scares me i don't like it <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there's violence inherent in sort of this really tight idea of non-violence within a state structure you know if you're still talking mm-hmm. about working within a state structure states are inherently based on Violence. All the, a lot of these liberals and progressives are doing is outsourcing their violence. You know what I mean? Like they're mm-hmm. like, I get to keep my hands clean and be nonviolent, but I'm gonna call the cops on you, and the cops are gonna like beat and mm-hmm. or kill you. You know what I mean? So it's like that's so violent. Yeah. No. Exactly. And I, that's the thing is like I don't even think that every person is called to like kind of like destructive or violent actions, whatever that even really means. But like, um, but like. I do think that Christians, like, out of a, like, out of empathy and out of, like, love, like, should, like, 
support a diversity of tactics. It doesn't mean that they have to like engage in these actions, but support others knowing that they're doing what they can to build a better world, you know, mm-hmm. like, I mean, at least. <laughs> I mean, because the idea of, I would say, I, in my opinion, um, all of Jesus's actions still fall within a nonviolent revolutionary framework. Because he's uh-huh. not calling for, like, a violent uprising against the state. It's not how he did it. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Which I think uh-huh. is really, really smart. And, like, that's what we need to be doing. But he also uh-huh. didn't call for passivity, you know? Like, yes. he also wasn't around, like, shaking hands with the centurions and stuff. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. No, exactly. No, I agree. Yeah. So, yeah, Jesus was Murray Bookchen. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think Jesus is Murray Bookchin. I would say Jesus is Antifa. You know, like, yeah, it's, yeah. And I, I, I see it as this like really brilliant, um, like book that's showing you how to slowly escalate in the dangerous nature of your tactics. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, it mm-hmm. starts like super, super tame. You know what I mean? Like just, just service, just straight up service. And like shaming service, and then he starts taking direct actions by like being more confrontational, you know, with the yes. gleaning, gleaning of the grain, and then being more confrontational about like healing the guy in the church when he's not supposed to, or in the synagogue, in temple, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like that was incredibly confrontational and pissed people off, you know. And then, it, but it, and he continues to escalate until people get the message, you know what I mean? And so it's like if we're not, we're no longer in the very beginning of the new testament at this point like we have escalated like society has escalated past the point of where the sort of like early early jesus right off the mountain is the appropriate response and i think he would agree you know what i mean there's a reason that he escalated yeah no i think so too um yeah i mean i think whenever you're actually like starting to like if your, like, ministry is actually doing what it's supposed to do and, like, your church is doing what it's supposed to do, it's more and more of a threat mm-hmm. um, to the status quo and to the state and, like, the powers that be. So, like, uh, yeah, the tactics will get more uh, extreme. Exactly. <laughs> and as they should. And it's like, <laughs> you know, like, people do in sort of like, well, he ended up in court, but he ended up in court by being nonviolent. It's like, he ended up in court for, like, assaulting bankers, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, he, he didn't, like, you, can, you know, so it's sort of like the idea of, like, you know, just hold hands and, like, sing, and then you get arrested. It's like, that's just how, that's just showing how oppressive our state is. It's not showing that, like, that means you got to court the same way Jesus did. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, honestly, there there is this, like, notion or, like, this idea that I kind of like i haven't really teased out or like wrestled through so much but i have talked about it a little but this idea that like jesus is like kind of like life um was one of a failed revolutionary and that Mm. that's like not a bad thing um it's like actually supposed to like speak to us and say like for like the revolution for building a new world for overthrowing like you know the dark powers that exist Mm -hmm. like are you willing to die this terrible death where everyone abandons you but i think more than that we can have hope as like as like a community as like the church to like that we that we're not doing this alone like jesus died like yeah. A lone insurrectionist, but like we have a, we are the body of Christ. Like we're a people that could do that right. together. Right. Absolutely. You know. Yeah. I mean, for me, I find the New Testament so comforting because he's saying, look, if you're gonna be a moral, a basically moral person, then you are going living under an oppressive state. Like 
it's gonna suck. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you're you're gonna lose friends. Like, you're gonna end up in court. Like, you're gonna be dragged through all sorts. Of, like, you know what I mean? Like, you're gonna get jailed. You're gonna po- get beaten. You're possibly gonna get killed. You know? But like, if you're gonna be, you know, it's like your reward is in heaven. Like, well, what what do you what do you get? Like, what do you get for being a basically moral person? You don't get shit. Like, you get to possibly die and suffer. You know what I mean? But yeah. like, like, congrats, but like, congratulations! Like, you you managed to live with some sort of basic core values, and like, living under an oppressive state that means potentially giving up everything to like hold on to those moral values. You know? No, exactly. And I think the the, the fact that Jesus, like, when he was on the cross, was like, okay, God, like, you're God, like, you're not here, you've forsaken me. Like, there's like this like amount of doubt that he experiences even in the garden of gethsemane and it's like there's kind of like a an element of like nihilism that's like Mm. necessary in following jesus like you know what like even if everything falls to shit everything even if everything fails like like i'm gonna go kick it you know i'm gonna die like like you know (laughs) screaming yeah So, like, because it's worth it, because, like, people are worth it, just in case, like, that might be the seed of the kingdom to, like, you know, to to build the church, like, that's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's like, he seemed like a failed revolutionary, right? But he was one of the most effective organizers in history in in completely changing the way that humanity um, considers its relationship to wealth and power. And like it yeah. took, it, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was totally revolutionary, and he changed, he forever changed the world. Even if like eventually, as is sort of typical of humanity, we are always having to fight against authoritarianism, and always having to fight against like wanting to conglomerate power. And so like yes, the church ended up, you know, falling prey to those same like human. And he warned us that that would happen. Which he exactly <laughs> like he said like be super careful with wealth and power. It's gonna fuck yeah. us over. It's like kind of like yeah, man, like. I wish we'd been listening to Jesus a little bit because he would have been yeah. like, fuck capitalism. Fuck the state. Like, that's gonna, what's going to take you down. That's what's going to ruin humanity. And he's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he said, like, there's going to come a day where, like, there's going to be a separation of the sheeps and the goats, you know? Like, and there's going to, like, there's a false church that's going to, like, basically be the world yeah. <laughs> and like that's real and we're like i think in late capitalism we're seeing it so fully yeah <laughs> like right? it's so embodied yeah right absolutely <laughs> i know it's like it's like he knew what was going on it's like it was prophetic <laughs> yeah, look, yeah. look at that <laughs> yeah look at that and like as far as um as far as when you called yourself a prophet it's like we i mean as a mystic we believe in prophecy we believe that everybody has like we, that we can be prophetic if not like you know quote-unquote prophets right so it's like mm-hmm. which i think is sort of a very anarchist thing if you look at like anarchists have been screaming and yelling since like the 1800s be like hey this is a bad plan <laughs> like this is a bad plan this is gonna end super badly can we not? Because, like, if people had been listening to Jesus, and if people have also been listening to anarchists, like, we would not be so fucked right now. You know what I mean? You have a point. Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's really pretty frustrating. Like, I, I believe, you know, I believe that both Quakers, I believe that anarchists are also mystics, is sort of my, is my view, is that there are sort of, like, mis- more mystic people in society that are more sensitive. And, um, so, so basically, you, don't listen to your mystics at your own peril. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, pay it. You have to like societies in general. Like forever, it's like you have mystics and they're important, and you don't ignore them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they know what's up. So. Yep. So. It's true. Yeah, it's I mean, true. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. I, I guess like when it comes to, like the whole like prophetic thing, I my like before I became a Quaker, like I I became a Christian like kind of more um, in an evangelical way when I was like 16 years old. Though I wasn't in a church, I just started like reading the Bible and having like God feelings and stuff. Uh-huh. And like, <laughs> like it was it was weird. It was scary. And I did not want it, but like it was like you know like this that like such a classic like coming to Christ story of like, I had like this overwhelming sense of like love that has stuck with me. And I, I, I'm like queer and an anarchist and like, you know, in so many ways, like don't, didn't fit into this idea of like what a Christian would be, but it's still, it's stuck on me and I I can't get rid of it because it's like, it has given me like such a new vision of this world. And, um, honestly, like mysticism is like so vital to my like revolutionary process, like personally. And like, like that's where I gain life and vision and hope to like keep going because without it, like it's really scary. Like without like being immersed in like a, a, a greater vision and, and the, the actual experience of the spirit, I like, for me at least, like it, it's a sustaining thing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, I think I would have a really hard time doing this work without a strong spiritual practice. And for me, it's Christian, but I feel like, I feel like it's important for everybody, even if it, it'll embody in a bunch of different world, world you know, it, it, it that, like, that sort of like centering, like re, um, like, keeping perspective about the larger universe and like keeping humble and like learning to sort of control um our fear is is something that we all need to do especially as mystics like when i look at anarchists i see all of these sort of like mystics that don't have that that are just like freaking out and like having a really really hard time because like we specifically really really need to like do that practice of like we're so sensitive, empathetic, and that's hard. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. that's really hard. You know, if we're if we're if anybody that's like paying this much attention and like willing to give up so much for the oppressed, it's like that takes a huge amount of empathy. But empathy also takes a huge amount of like spiritual strength. You know? I mean, honestly, and that's why like the church is a thing. Really? <laughs> like that's why like like we're all supposed to be like I think that's like kind of like so for me like as when I like kind of started having like those God feelings and stuff it was very like Pentecostal charismatic like and it was scary to me and I, I like I had the experience of like being laid out on the floor like shaking and like mm, speaking wow. in tongues and things like these things were like like that was a part of my experience but like that experience was also like while that was physically happening that weird stuff it was an experience of just like having my empathy stretched Mm, but like i didn't have like a church and i still like don't and it's actually kind of hard when if i'm like sustaining that and feeding that because like we're supposed to be doing that corporately like that's supposed to be not just a a, like something we do alone like we we, we're supposed to be heartbroken as a people and therefore do actions as a people Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah, I guess I felt it's easy as mystics to and like as anarchists to fall into the idea of exceptionalism. That's like we're special. Uh And I kind of just fell into that a little bit. It's like, but the idea is like it's learnable. Like everybody, every human Mm -hmm. has the capacity for empathy, but it has to be like actively practiced and learned, you know, especially I I think it's harder for some people than others, you know. Yeah, the spirit is poured out on all flesh, so... Yeah, totally. That's that. Yeah, I mean, we have a, <laughs> that's that. Or, like, a light within us all, right? We all have a light within. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? So it's like, but that, that light can be real, real dim. It seems like there's a lot of people with just like so little empathy of any kind, you know? And, but that yeah. comes from, I think that like in going back to Jesus's, you know, prophetic vision and Jesus's understanding of like where empathy comes from is that it is destroyed by wealth and power. So it's like, it's not really uh-huh. humanity's basic instinct, like the basic core is not an unempathetic it's just the fact that we're just like continuously like soaked in wealth and power in a way that is absolutely corrupting to our souls yeah you know what i mean yeah so it's like the- i mean because yeah even the nice reli- like even nice like religious people like i, mean, I think that's my str- a lot of my struggle with quakerism is just like and just kind of like liberal religion as a thing is like yes like i'm glad you have a black lives matter like banner in front of your church and like every so often you do something nice but there's nothing like really radically generous radically hospitable like really like like living out the the whole apostolic thing you know yeah Um, yeah yeah you know like i hear i hear christians say um give till it hurts right but then they mean that's like 10 percent of their income it's like jesus said give till it hurts like literally you're being beaten by the state you know what i mean like Like, yeah exactly give till it hurts as in like you might get killed you might you're gonna get humiliated in court like give till it hurts you know what i mean like, yeah, I, 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 I've said this to a Quaker like a year ago, like, I don't want to go to a church where I don't know the people around me are willing to die for me. And they were like, taken back by that. And I'm like, wait, this is the this is basic stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. We have to lay our lives down for one another. That's like essential, like to yeah. being a comrade in Christ. You well, know? that's the thing is like, also I hear all of these, all of these people, all these Christians talk about how hard it is to be Christian. It's like you're damn right. It's fucking terrifying. To be, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? No, it's, yeah. it's like, and it, but you know, just be like, it's so hard to be a moral, you know, but then not like being completely comfortable. You know what I'm saying? Like you got, it's hard to, you know, it's like then like not being willing to give up anything and just staying completely comfortable in themselves yeah. and, and in the privileged lives. And it's like you're not, you are, you are not uncomfortable. Like you are not like hitting the streets, living in poverty, beaten by yeah. Romans, uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I, I work, I work at a church actually. Um, and it's like a pretty big liberal church and I, I don't work as like a, like a communications, like director, or like a family life pastor or something. I'm just like the custodian. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I'm there like late at night, like cleaning and stuff. And like, since we're like in like, you know, downtown or center city in Philadelphia, like there's always like, like at least once a week, I, I talk to somebody who like lives on the street or comes to the church because they have a need. I mean, like a week ago, someone came in just like, like asking like for a holy person to deal with this demon that they think is in their apartment and stuff but like last night someone came in actually and was like hi like i'm really cold and i I need help and um like like can you please just like let me in and this and that and like i'm not gonna like i didn't like do probably like the best thing like i like let him in for a few minutes and like i gave him some crackers and like an extra like blanket but like whatever but like at first i did say like oh, i don't know what i can do for you and he said to me like then what's the point of this church and i was like ah you're right what is the point i don't know if there is one it's a club it's just yeah. a social thing and, mm-hmm. and like uh, maybe they think it like kind of strengthens their moral impulse but if it's not stretching their moral impulse to be completely yielded to those in need to the yeah. suffering then there is no point <laughs> yeah here's the problem though that i've noticed too though is that like really empathetic people tend in this sort of 
system and this sort of like super shitty corruptive system that we're in is that the idea of like give give everything then you end up with people with really extractive behaviors taking advantage of those people you know what i mean uh, and like that okay. you know, so it's like how do we how do we give everything without end up being like taken advantage of and being abused you know like, yeah and honestly i think that goes back to like like that's why we have each other. Like we have to like, like as a spirit filled community, like we do, we don't, we're not just doing these things alone. Like we're not like just deciding like to give up our own resources, but our resources as a people and like, mm. and like listening to spirit and discerning what that means and what that looks like. Cause like when you're like by yourself, it's kind of reckless a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, and yeah. individualistic, you know, one person being drained is not, is not the way it's not helpful it's not yeah yeah totally you know and when 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 when, um when resources are unequal you know it's just hard Mm -hmm. you know i mean especially like when anarchists are so often just so poor like we're working with the poor you know it's the it's the empathetic some of the most empathetic people are the poorest and have the least resources you know and so then it's just like it's just like a difficult situation trying to live these values under such an oppressive capitalist system where there are in fact limits there are rules that we're having to live under and having to try and contend with at the same time as like living a moral life you know yeah 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 but um i hear talk a lot i see more and more talk you know about the super super importance of just radical solidarity like the only way that we're going to get through this is through just radical radical solidarity you know um Uh and like creating those bonds and creating that community and it is so hard i feel like the anarchist movement right now is just like our basic tenant of like how to deal with difficult people is to exile them yeah excommunicate them yeah that sort of thing it's true (laughs) you know i mean how do where do we like as christians like what how do we contend with that you know I, I was thinking I was thinking about Paul recently. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I was just like I was just like contemplating on Paul and like what is Paul's story? Because he's so annoying, right? Uh-huh. Like he's uh-huh. just continuously doubting Jesus. He's continuously talking back. He's continuously just like um he's just arrogant. He just he's just kinda you know what I mean? And so like everyone's just like, please listen. Like Jesus keeps saying, like, just like please just like, like listen, Paul. You know what I mean? Just like trust. Trust a little bit, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um but he keeps them close, you know, like he Jesus keeps Paul even closer to him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the difficult, obnoxious guy is kept even closer to Jesus. It's like yeah. how do how do we do that with like our nutsack? <laughs> like our people yeah, who are terrible yeah. and difficult you know what I mean it's yeah. like, you know what I mean like there's a lesson in there too and in the end Paul is humbled and he becomes a super part super important part of the development of the early church right he was one of the most difficult people the most difficult disciples and he ended up when he was humbled being one of the most important and it's like I think we have to remember that when we're dealing with difficult people you know yeah no, exactly. And I think that's kind of like a role like Christians can play in like kind of like in a revolutionary movement is kind of being like a pastoral element to to all of it. Like I think my friend once said that like kind of the job of the church in the end times and we, we say end times like in a like eschatological like revolutionary sense like birthing a new world you know that sort of like a new world being built and the old being destroyed mm-hmm. um, um but yeah the 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 
job of the church is to be a doula in the end times, to like to 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 like live with the people of the world and guide her and like support her as they're like like birthing a new society. And so like I I, I think that there there is like a, a certain sense of like a grounding kind of mm. pastoral um calling or vocation that the sh- church should be taking up mm, you know uh, I, yeah. yeah you know I've definitely felt that I think I think I mean part of this podcast I think I didn't really realize it when I started the podcast but thinking about more of it lately especially after I slowed down just a little bit and was able to catch my breath um is that it is it is a little bit of a ministry you know like, mm-hmm. you know, it's a little bit of a trying because I'm trying, but the ministry isn't just to try and like get people to come to Christ. It's not what I'm doing at all. It's, it's, but it's to sort of try and bring that like calm of God and that like joy that I get from God into the world and like try and get it, you know, it, it just, you know, like be a place of peace and spiritual rest for the people mm-hmm. around me. And that's a lot of hard work. So sometimes I'm like, I feel like the most revolutionary, this is a Quakery thing that I hear a lot. It's like the most revolutionary thing you can do is be at peace in a difficult world. You know? Yeah. And like those vibes like emanate out to the people around you, you know? No, exactly. I think that's like something that we can have because from like a materialist perspective and it's fair, like, like it can be hard to see a way forward yeah. and kind of like the, the, the faith and like hope that we have on like a vision of, of God's kingdom and like how that is an emerging thing. And we believe that, like, we think that's necessary. Mm-hmm. Like that is like a certain, like the, that stuff is contagious. Mm-hmm. I really believe that that kind yeah. of like that vision is contagious. I think so too. And I also think the prophetic element um, is helpful for me. Cause then if you look at the Bible, it says that basically like, this is exactly what's going to happen. Like wealth and power is going to be destructive and take down the humans. But then we come out the other side, you know? So like, I have to believe in that prophetic vision that it gets, it's going to get, it gets real shitty, which we see coming. You know what I mean? If we're going to be honest with ourselves, this is going to be rough right now. You know what I mean? But then we do come out the other side. There's a specific Psalm that I wish I had looked up and I can't remember which one it is, but it basically describes in like pretty intensively specific language, what I see is sort of climate change, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and you know, everyone says you can, you can pull out whatever you want out of the Bible. And it's like, that's true. And I'm pull, I'm, I'm deciding for my own mental, spiritual health that this is what's helpful for Why me. Why not? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's to just look at this Psalm and be like, okay. Cause it talks about, it talks about literally the earth melting and the mountains being enveloped mm-hmm. by the sea, you know, but then it also, and you know, it, but it also talks about God being there to help her, the river Jordan. And in this case, I'm, I'm sort of interpreting that as nature, you know, the most important yeah. nature and the water, you know, and then, yeah, and then I, I th- kingdoms, and then it says, you know, like kingdoms fall and then there is war and then we come out the other side. And like, I find that uh-huh. very comforting, you know? Yeah. And I think that's like basically also like the book of revelation. <laughs> like, yeah. it's like, like, yeah, things are going to get real, real shitty, yeah. but like <laughs> you have to hold on and you like, you have to like believe and be hopeful and like fight for this new world and you'll get it. Yeah. Like uh, maybe you won't, but somebody will. And that's, that's worth it. Like yeah. that's worth empire, you know, yeah. crumbling. <laughs> yeah. It's like kind of the fun thing about an anarchist. Everyone's freaking out about the end of the empire and we're like, woo, do it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, into it exactly. you know <laughs> so that's kind of comforting yeah. too you know when other people are yeah. really upset about it it's like no man that's that's it's gonna suck really bad but it does actually need to happen you know what i mean for the good mm-hmm. of humanity 
and it, uh-huh. and so um and also you know just the remembering for me personally like i ha- i need multiple different things to keep me going sometimes so sometimes it's like the f- hope and faith that there will be a new world but then also even if there's not it's just the basic fact that to be a basically moral human being this is what you need to do just like yeah. on, a, on a daily basis if you're living under oppression and such a horrible and people are suffering so badly that you under whatever whatever cost it is you need to help them you know what i mean uh-huh. so like uh-huh. it, with those two things combined um that really it really is grounding and i i, I it's really it's it's really necessary for me to stay in this because it gets so fucking scary mm-hmm. it gets so scary no it does you know what I mean? I... <laughs> yeah. and the, you know what it's it, it's gonna get worse <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, know. <laughs> I know thank god <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone's just sort of like bracing like oh god like pick your yeah. apocalypse right now it's just like yeah. pretty bad <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the frustrating thing too is like as like people who have like kind of like revolutionary impulses and like like can see capitalism for what it is and stuff it's like why don't other people see that the, like the world is ending like it's like fr- I walked through Center City on the way to work and stuff and I just like I hate it I hate this is like co- constantly a thing is that like I'm like why don't you why are you laughing things are bad <laughs> like know, why but... are you so happy why are you shopping right now and I'm just like and I also like I mean I'm always going back to this and i say this as a person who's like not currently like in a local spiritual community is like that's why i i need church like like that's why i need like the people Mm -hmm. of god to like encourage me and like give me hope and vision and remind Mm -hmm. me that like there is a way forward yeah i'm hoping i'm hoping we can kind of rebuild a more radical christian movement because i feel like i need it and it sounds like you need it and i think the world needs it yeah no i think yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and when, you know, just it's hard. It makes me think of when you're saying that and you're walking around, and it just makes me think of the when people break windows and things. It's like mm. when you talk about like how badly capitalism needs to be dismantled, like the breaking of one window is like such a mild. It's mild. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when yeah. you're talking about this entire fucking system that is destroying and like rules the entire world, like one symbolic act. But it, 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 it's um, it's one of those things, too, though, where it's like we're fighting fear. Everybody, you know, it's not just us. It's Everybody kind of knows somewhere in the back of their head that everything is going very badly. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, like, people, but people will just not let go. Will just not let go of the vision of the under, of, of our world as it is right now until it's going to be forcibly taken. You know what I mean? And, and like, yeah. under under what circumstances and how do we as spiritual people and how do we as humans to sort of like continue to fight anyway you know what i mean yeah because it's important like you can't like either if if you're hopeless then that then definitely nothing good is gonna you know then we're definitely not going to survive so you might as well work for the like one million even if it even if it's as bad as bad can possibly be like it only makes sense to like fight your fight our asses off for that like even if it's a sliver of a chance than just to like give up hope on everything you know what i mean yeah yeah that's hard though um that that is that i mean yeah that's uh taking up a cross um that's difficult and mm-hmm. um i mean and that's the thing is like that's why we we do need i mean i mean 
Yeah, uh, I've been I've been seeing some things like kind of recently about like uh, uh, the Christian left and stuff, and like I'm like, where is it then? Yeah. <laughs> like I keep hearing about it, but like, where is it? That like I see liberals, I see like Christian liberals, I guess, and like like I don't know, like more polite versions of white supremacy, which yeah. is what I <laughs> kind of consider Quakers in a lot of ways, lot of times, um, at least yeah, in America, sure. you know, yeah, sure. or the states. Um, but yeah, but like I mean, I I have been gaining a little more hope, like like with your podcast, and actually, um, do you know uh, the the other podcast, uh, the Magnificast? No. Oh, it's like a Christian leftist podcast where Ooh. they talk about like theory and Christianity, like like Marxism, like um, just like everything. Um, and it's awesome. It's really great. They actually, yeah, it's it's awesome. But um, they t- they talk about like like Fidel and like what what like his views on religion and like um like kind of the dialogue he's had with like theologians before. And it's very like some stuff is kind of obscure and it can get a bit heady. But they're both like good like God loving people and like I don't know. It's great. But like knowing that there are other people who are like listening to these sort of things, there is something brewing. And mm-hmm. I'm like. I, I honestly like all I want to do is like I've like I'm a pretty like directionless person <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know what to do with my life and stuff but something I've always had since I've um like I became a Christian is like I, I know that like this this like church I read about in the book of Acts I want that to be a thing yeah. I, and the world needs yeah. that to be a thing yeah. and so like okay. I will do I, I, I want to give my life to that and to building that and I, I think there are other people who are who are starting to like have those feelings and that's hopeful to me and yeah. like um I think I, I told you before like get a message or something um there actually is like uh, i'm organizing uh a uh kind of like a quaker-ish gathering for like quaker-ish radicals and just more yeah. broadly like kind of like mystical like radicals and um anti-state uh you know yeah anti-capitalist gathering in may Sweet. in philly yeah totally um, badass yeah so i mean i i hope that like we can like get some like minds together to like brew in this together brew like what is a way forward for like people who are christian and like like and like also just like experience like that i i just it'd be nice to like have that like good holy spirit stuff Uh but with people who you actually know like have good politics yeah (laughs) totally totally it sucks to feel like like i never never want to get that feeling where i feel like i'm getting a vocal ministry and it's like wait am i gonna like piss people off yeah, like, that's a horrible I mean, and feeling. I hate that's that that's like something feeling. we have to do sometimes, but <laughs> yeah, like that's a, that's an awful feeling. It's only happened to me. Like my my like I said, my my meeting was um, at least the early one was really was really pretty radical, and like they were they're wonderful, you know. Um, and like my new meeting, so it's like, um, so I think there's I think there's hope there, and like I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of people, like, even sort of progressive podcasts are saying there's sort of a revival of a need for God and a, a need for spirit, and I think that's totally true. When you talk about, like, really hard times, it makes sense. Like, they are, like you said, there's a reason that humans have religion, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Because, uh-huh. like, being a human has been pretty shitty pretty much the whole time in one way or another, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah. we've always needed that, like, religious, um, religious as in community and then spiritual grounding, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? 
I mean, I think mysticism is like such a human thing. It's like, it's like tapping into your humanity. It like brings you into the experience of like divinity. Like so, like for me, like like speaking in tongues as a thing is like for me such an incarnational thing because it's so human. It's so like mm-hmm. you're just kind of like doing these goofy things and you're like yielding to it and you're like kind of yielding to this like sense of like like love I guess you know and like it looks so like absurd and it it can even feel (laughs) kind of human but like it it does like bring you into like it can at least bring you into the like the sense of presence and even like I I think it does strengthen your like uh, like your like moral impulse or your your empathetic impulse um yeah, and so it's like I, I I think that like mysticism actually is like I don't know like I don't think it's as like wacky or like kind of magical as it's often made to be. I think it's just like a very human thing. We need to like tap into who we are, into our emotions, and deal with stirring within us, and also be tap into like this kind of like I think like Unitarians call it, like this like internet interconnected web of like being or something. But like yeah, like that sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah, I never really thought of speaking in tongues in that way, but as as an act of liberation, as an act of just like letting go of social convention for that for that exactly moment. like that's really interesting. I never that's that's a really interesting take on it because we definitely need more liberation. And I think movement and sound are really important parts of that. You know, like I think I think you know like Emma Goldman and um, if we can't dance, any revolution isn't one I want to be a part of. I butchered that, quote, yes. but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but like, I, I feel very strongly that we need more dancing and we need more singing and like those parts of like that. Those things are very, very liberating, and I'm not seeing enough of that in the movement right now. Like we, ha- we, yeah. like, we've lost sort of the, the uh, labor songs kind of thing, or like, like we oh, have, like we yes. have these sort of like chants, but we don't have like music. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, we, like we need, we need, we need liberatory sound and movement like so like in the in the in the one sense is sort of like an expression the same sort of expression as that sort of speaking in tongues moment only on like a larger more liberatory revolutionary scale yeah 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 no i agree and i mean uh i i for me and that's like kind of like a community that i would like a spiritual community i would like to be a part of would be kind of like charismatic or pentecostal in that sense or i would like it to be just because that kind of space where anything can happen it's like you know like an unprogrammed meeting except you're not bound by like white supremacy and like those conventions of like the white liberal people you know like where where people are like weeping and tapping into like their actual humanity um and like being freed from like like you said like social conventions and stuff is like i think that is so necessary and like even just like that worship that uses your body like you know and like yeah um yeah i mean have you ever been have you ever what you're describing right now have you ever been to a black church yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I used to be like a, a part of kind of a more like a, a diverse, charismatic church where there was like like somebody next to you could be laughing, the person like beside you could be shaking, and then somebody else could at the altar is like like weeping, like. But like everybody is kind of just like free to experience what they need to experience, and not only that, somehow it all kind of comes together. It's it's weird. Like even like there's like a practice in some charismatic churches called like singing in tongues, and like. 
like, or like, you know, they call it singing in the spirit or something. And it's like, people are all kind of like doing this different thing. And yet it still, still harmonizes together. And it's mm. that sort of thing. Yeah. It's like, we're all doing like what we need to do and like whatever, but like ultimately we're like a corporate body. We're building something like bigger and we're connecting to something bigger. Yeah. And that we yeah. all, we all have those, we can all have separate expressions of that but it, when it, it's all still rooted in the spirit you know yes exactly first uh, corinthians 12 <laughs> and then yeah and totally and then and so then one of the um pendle hill pamphlets that i have one of the very early ones howard Britton is the uh, solution uh, religious solution to the societal problem uh, um if you haven't read that pamphlet it's great and basically um he describes in that pamphlet um how there are a few different ways forward and how humans, how humans act. And Mm -hmm. the best solution basically is to have a society that's really rooted in spirit, you know, and that's, that's how you do it. Cause either people, people will go to, um, people will fall into authoritarianism because people need something to follow. People will follow a strong man kind of situation if they don't have, if they don't have a spiritual guidance to follow. And, um, Again, like, it's hard to translate this into sort of, like, contemporary anarchist praxis because there is, like, a very strong anti-religious sentiment. Um, Mm -hmm. So, um, but I don't think it's necessarily an anti-spiritual sentiment. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But then how do you... I think it's, yeah. But then the difficulty, though, is, like, there's also a reason for religion because you're talking about, like, that corporate body and, like, those community structures. Like, so, like, religion... It is a way to tie together and have certain ways of experiencing spirituality in a corporal sense. So, like, we talk about individual spirituality and everything, but there is a place for, like, sort of an organ, not, you know, quote, organized religion, but, like, an organizational structure of community coming together for spiritual practice, you know what I mean? No, I think so. And I think that, like, I think you can have, like, a non-hierarchical idea of God. And I think, like, if if our theology at all um, keeps, like, our loyalty to God keeps us from, uh, like, serving th- those who are suffering, I think that our theology is wrong. I think ultimately our love for God and our worship of God is shown in how we, like, serve, you know, the suffering and how we, um, how we love people. And, um, I think that, like, yeah, I don't think it has to be, like, this weird, like, hierarchical thing. I I think, and I I think, actually, the church is called to, like, like, to embody the, the person of Christ, but also to, like, to live into this, this kingdom that we actually already believe in, and to, to manifest it, like, presently. So, like, a church isn't so much of, like, uh, like, as much of a, you know, organization as it is just like uh, a gathering of people just trying to live into this world that they believe in um and it's a prefigurative politics in that way it's like they're they are citizens not of this world so they're going to act like it and they're going to like live that way um and those people who are going to live that way are going to find each other um and i think we are i think we are too (laughs) and that's exactly what drew me to quakerism specifically is this like non-hierarchical spiritual um, mm-hmm. community, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that is, that is really, really important and really powerful, because lo- as long as we stay rooted not just in spirit, but in the idea that everybody is basically equal and has no right to determine somebody else's experience and relationship to God, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, that isn't to say like people don't have certain gifts and callings, like that for sure. But yes, like w- like we like there like if the church is to be anything, it should be non-hierarchical. If we're really if we really believe in this like this kingdom of God, like then that's essential. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. mean, I mean, the idea of Jesus as King and Lord. If you look at sort of how Jesus did it, is he had a crown of thorns, you know, he had a crown exactly. of, like, he he wasn't, he wasn't immersing himself in the actual sort of societal structures of what it means to be a king or leader, he was making fun of it, you know, he was like, yeah. he was tearing yeah. that, he was tearing that idea down, people taking literally him being king, it's like, no, that's what the, that's what the crown of thorns was, is that he was, he wasn't, a, he was an ant, the idea of him like sort of an anti-king. You know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. He's gonna dethrone all kings, and he he started with himself ultimately. Right. And I think that says a lot. <laughs> yeah, giving up your power, because like that's one of the questions of our movement, though, is like when you have um, powerful, charismatic personalities that can so easily become authoritarian in these movements, and people so easily still, it's it's really hard to empower people, and we still end uh-huh. up with just like a lot of responsibilities and power being. Um, in just a few hands of like the really dedicated, um, competent organizers, you know what I mean? And so it's like, how do how do those people? And like, I would consider myself one of them. I find I find that people, you know, coming to me for that kind of thing is like, how do I continue to always practice trying to be humble and trying to give up that power and sort of dethrone dethrone, you know? And I know lots of really dedicated, amazing organizers who have the same thing. It's like we want to, as anarchists, I love it. It's so beautiful. People like saying like. Not saying like, oh, it's awesome that I have all this power and people are coming to me. And everyone's saying like, I, like I need, I need other people to claim their own power and to help and yeah. like be equals and like in this organizing space. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's I like, mean, cause I, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go, ahead, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, power. Power. Power to the people, like power to the people and anarchist, anarchist organizing and like making all of these, like trying to continuously break down um, um, unspoken hierarchies, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. it's that practice, it's that practice of Jesus's humility and staying humble is like constantly part of Jesus's practice because he was a super important charismatic, charismatic guy and he took like extra steps all the time to stay humble you know, and mm-hmm. try and empower others until, like, you, like you said, dethrone himself, you know, and that's a really important example that I want to, that's one of the reasons I want to, you know, I'm a follower of his, you know? Yeah, and I think that's, like, uh, for, like, anarchists, I think that's something that should be essential to their organizing mm-hmm. and to their view of leadership. And, I mean, and for all the white boys out there, yes, you better hear this. Yes. <laughs> better listen. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Oh God. I was just thinking the same thing. It's the, it's one of the things is like, especially white men, it's not that we're all equal. It's that white men and you know, anybody with any privilege, but specifically white men need to be constantly giving up their power constantly, like just as an active practice, giving up their power. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think I think we like uh, we anyone who has any sort of like privilege is kind of blinded by it in some sense, and like needs to like kind of like really be aware of like constantly like practice being aware of it and being aware of how, what that looks like, you know, and how that is manifesting. Um, yeah, so definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you have any? I mean, you've had have you had a hard time with that with the with white guys? <laughs> I mean, doesn't everyone who's, like, organizing right now, it's just, like, kind of, like, I'm, I'm glad that you are such a good anarchist, and you've, like, read all these books, and know all these theorists and stuff, and I'm glad you're constantly, like, telling me, like, how I'm, like, wrong, or, like, kind of, like, ideologically inconsistent, but, like, can you stop screaming and taking up all this space? Like, I don't know, like, oh. Yeah. And like I was just thinking about how all of it seems like all of our, you know, really um well known intellectuals are all just like middle class cishet white men. You know? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. they're you know, they're doing important work, which is like Mark Bray, Sean McFessel, like um Spencer Sunshine, all of these guys. It's like David Graeber, you know, all of the best yeah. known sort of like anarchist intellectuals are um, you know, of people of privilege. And, like, that's a shame. But the other hand, it, it, I think that's sort of what happens because they, the, in privilege comes safety. And it's really, it's really scary and unsafe to be somebody that doesn't have that privilege to try and speak out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, I space. mean, yeah. Go ahead. I Sorry. No, 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 no. No, you're right. <laughs> Yeah, they they can say those things. They can say dangerous things because not much will happen. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. And I think that's kind of like the the whole, like, for me, like, the idea of church is so, like, cool is because, like, yes, like, we're all in this together and we're all actually struggling because I think if you're doing the Christian thing, right, you're going to be struggling. You're going to be suffering. And so, like, it comes out of, like, and it's also like forfeiting your privileges too, like at the cross, like surrendering those things. Um, and like take everyone's taking up a cross together and, and like also mindfully, like I think Jesus like does have, uh, the preferential, you know, op- option or whatever for, for the poor or whatever liberation theology people, people say, it's just like this whole idea of like, yes, like the church's job is to lift up the oppressed, to give them a voice to like, to be like, just like at their, like holding them up and, and blessing them and doing what it takes because they most fully like embody the image of God because yeah. like, you know, and so like, yeah, I think for me, that's like my Christianity is, uh, has, I, I hope it is like kind of essential to my organizing because like of like that kind of like revelation I've had through, through my, my experience of Christ and through my, mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really able to jump back into activism fully until I found Christ again. Or I say again, that's so interesting that I just said again as if it was there before. <laughs> Were you raised a Christian? No, no, I wasn't. Oh, so I wonder where okay. that came from. I'll, I'll <laughs> contemplate that on Sunday. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say in therapy. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or therapy. Oh, it's the same deal, actually. You know, I mean, like, therapy... Uh, yes. As part, you know, mental health, spiritual health is therapy, and before we had therapists, we had church. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'll take both. I'll take both. <laughs> I'll take whatever you got. I, I need both personally, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I'll take what, I'll take whatever you got. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, Christ and cat memes—that's what keeps me going. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah, for me, me, 
yeah, something like that. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. I, I would add some like dairy in there too, to be honest. <laughs> but yes, all those things sustain me. <laughs> I definitely didn't eat a pint of ice cream last night. That didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Same. I didn't eat pistachio gelato before bed. Shut the fuck up. I had I had pistachio honey ice cream. Oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. Were we both eating pistachio ice cream before this interview? That's amazing. I think that's called the Holy Spirit. I think it is. <laughs> embodied, yes. through the, embodied through the body of pistachio ice cream. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, before I end up, like, going, is it okay if I do some, like, just mention that retreat again? Yeah, totally. Go for it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's called the Friendly Fire um, Retreat, and it's there's kind of like this group of um, Quaker-ish, uh, mostly anarchists, but just kind of like broadly leftists who are, we have this like little mini organization. It's really like barely an organization. We just talk to each other and have connected at several points and are putting together this retreat. Um, there's like 10 of us or so. And um, it's in May. Uh, it'll be outside Philadelphia, and we don't have basically anything on the internet um because we're those kinds of organizers um, but we do have an email that's friendly fire info at protonmail.com so uh we will be um doing direct action as well we'll be uh, marching on may day and we'll be praying and worshiping kind of doing the whole mystical thing but also just kind of just connecting and and building uh, hoping to build like a larger movement together not just with Quakers, but with kind of anyone who's mystically inclined or, or kind of like have a radical revolutionary Christian ideas. So, yeah, that's that's wonderful. That's super. I'm really excited. I'm really excited for that. It's you know, it's, yeah. I think there's a lot of us that are just kind of like lonely and separated, just sort of like finding Christ or finding God or like needing a spiritual practice and this sort of like radical organizing space and just sort of like being lonely. You know? Yeah, we're wandering, but I. I Again, we'll find each other, and yeah. I'm really hopeful, and I hope things like this, I hope that we're not, like, the only thing, like, <laughs> doing something like this, and I, or at least I hope it sparks more things like that to happen, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I think when we, we, I think we need to connect more deeply with, um, with prisoners, with the black community, um, mm-hmm. and, and, like, unfortunately, the, there's an overlap there, obviously, because of how our structures, um, of oppression, um, but like, bla- I think, I think black organizers in spiritual spaces is really important for us to like, not just sort of morally be helping support them better, but just in fact of the fact that I've noticed in anarchist circles, it's kind of fun, you know, I was doing prison le- writing and there's, um, a guy to write to who's Christian and all the other anarchists were like, I don't know how to, t- I don't know how to talk Jesus. <laughs> like hand hand that one hand that one over to the quaker i'm I'm happy i'm happy to talk jesus with this prisoner you know what i mean so it's (laughs) like um i'm i'm hoping that we can open our doors more to um communities of color and how important that um christianity but you know spiritual practice in general has been to those communities you know what i mean yeah i mean because if it's not for all of us, especially those who are oppressed the most, then it's not a real revolution. Right, exactly. Um, 
and I, I think prison abolition is also like kind of essential to the gospel of Christ. I mean, I think like in his like in Luke four, like in Jesus' little like mission statement when he's like reciting Isaiah in the in the temple, he says like the spirit of the Lord is on me, and like to proclaim good news to the poor, to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, and you know this and that. So like I, I do think it, it's always been an essential part of the gospel. Yeah, <laughs> and I, mean, I think it, even in Acts. Um, like the prison doors like fling wide open yeah. and like yeah exactly like, exactly exactly i mean there's a reason <laughs> like God that, like, did that. yeah exactly like there's a reason that early quakers when we were the most radical were so um fixated and like so um um spent so much time on prison abolition and slavery yeah uh-huh, abol- uh-huh. abolishing slavery so um yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's my that's sort of my focus now. I'm starting to focus more and more on prison abolition, and it's it's very fulfilling. Um, yeah. So so far, you know, I'm I'm looking into the Alternatives to Violence Project. Oh uh, yeah, really yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you're yeah. such a Quaker. I know, right? I'm just becoming <laughs> Quakery, more Quakery, like every damn day. It's crazy. <laughs> oh God, you're gonna make like lentil casserole soon. Oh no, 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 no. Hey now, hey now. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Hold the phone. <laughs> that sounds super. I've never heard of it. It sounds super gross. That is not gonna happen. <laughs> Okay, good. You're going to be knitting during meetings soon. I'll say that. Oh, wow. Wow. You're already there. Oh, God. (laughs) Glory to mercy. Glory to mercy. Uh, (laughs) uh, That's awesome, though. Good for you. I'm proud. Thanks. Um, um, I'm really excited about your projects and what you're doing. And, um,. I wish stay on the stay on the line, but I'm just gonna say I'm gonna end up the show right now and say um, I wish you all the best in your spiritual journey and hope that you can find a, a spiritual home and maybe we can help create one. You know? Yeah, I I would really like that, and I'm glad that we we've been connecting, and it, it again it gives me hope that something bigger and better is happening. Thank yeah. God. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> thank, literally, thank thank Jesus. <laughs> Um, yeah. Okay. Well, you've been listening to Friendly Anarchism. I have a Facebook page and a Twitter. Um, yeah. So thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> have a good day. Have a good day. For more information about Friendly Anarchism, you can visit my website, www.friendlyanarchism.org, where there are articles, resources on Quakers, radical Christianity, anarchism, and anti-fascism, a link to the store, and more. A big shout-out to my patrons. Your support means a lot. If you aren't a patron and you'd like to help keep the show going, you can go to www.patreon.com friendlyanarchism, and for just $1 a month, get access to patron-only content like unedited versions of the show and outtakes. Friendly Anarchism is part of the Critical Mediations Podcast Network, along with other great leftist podcasts like The Magnificast, Season of the Bitch, Revolutionary Left Radio, and others. I'm also part of Theology Corner, which is a project that explores different facets of Christianity. For more on radical Christianity, you can also check out the Friendly Fire Collective at www.friendlyfirecollective.wordpress.com. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a good review for me on iTunes. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening and see you next time.